Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. What's up, my friend? You are listening to the Tony Kaizen Podcast, formerly known as Life in English. I am your host, Tony Kaizen, and I'm doing this introduction just to ask you to please excuse the poor audio quality of this episode. I used a platform called Riverside FM to record this remote interview, and the audio on my side just came out fucking terrible, bro. I'm not sure what I broke or messed up or did wrong, but it just really didn't come out good. And I tried to fix it in post-production to make it as listenable as possible for you. But, you know, you can put perfume on a a pile of shit. It's still a pile of shit, if you know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, my boy Mateus Cortez is back on the podcast after three very long years. I know y'all love him. I know you missed him. He's back on the show. Got a great conversation for y'all, man. So I'm going to get out of here. And again, sorry for the audio. We found an alternative, by the way. So for all the future interviews and stuff, the audio and video should be much better. But uh, for this one, we're just going to have to roll with the motherfucking punches. You feel me? All right. Let's get into this conversation, my friends. All right. We can call this take two. Hopefully we won't have no motherfucking difficulties this time. All right, Mateus, um, you need no introduction, my friend. The people know you. They love you. They missed you. It's been three years since you've been on the show, man. We The first time we tried to record this, we were talking a little bit about your current occupation. Um, but what I want to do is just give you the chance to, I guess, let us know, man, what's been going on these past three years. Where you been, my friend? Man, like, first of all... It's such a huge pleasure, bro, to be back on the show once again. Um, I think the last time was like three years ago, so it's a huge pleasure for me, man. But um, yeah, man, I feel like a lot has been going on. Um, I switched jobs. I switched cities. I'm living in Sao Paulo City right now. Uh, I moved out on my own, which is a big transition for me as well. So a lot has happened, man. Um But I feel like the biggest transition for me these years was uh, actually something we talked about on one of the episodes that we did, which is uh, transitioning into adulthood. And um, that that part of my life or that phase really 
stood out for me how I kind of had to grow or I was forced to grow into an actual adult and then having more responsibilities and things like that. So that was, I would say, the biggest uh, uh, challenge or transition that I faced over those last three years. But other than that, man, just a, a lot has changed. Um, just checking out, can you, can you hear me good? I think it froze for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it was slowed down for a minute, but oh, I never yeah. stopped hearing. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. There might be a slight delay. I'm not sure. So I'll just, like, make sure to, like, let you finish speaking so I don't, we don't cut each other off and stuff like that. Other than that, okay. I think it's good. Sounds good. But you mentioned um, the biggest transition, right, was transitioning into adulthood, like we talked about in three, four yeah. years ago. Man, it's pretty crazy to think about that. But I'm curious to know yeah. personally what challenges in that transition did you face like i mean because leaving home you were how old when you actually left home i was 20 20 to 21 years old yeah all right so you were 20 21 years old i mean you're still you're still a kid man i know we like yeah. we used to think of ourselves like and when i'm 18 21 whatever i'll be a man i'll be an adult you're still a fucking kid at 21 years yeah. old most of us anyway so i mean what did you experience that was so difficult in that transition? Man, I think for me, just going from like having my parents pretty much provide for me and being under not their responsibility, but like if anything goes really bad, like I still have them. Like going from that to like it's me and me, like now it's my responsibility to have a place to stay and have food and just uh, paying the bills and things like that. Like switching to that mentality was, I feel like the biggest challenge for me because even though that was pretty much expected, I knew that my parents wouldn't be around and it'll be my responsibility to kind of take care of everything. It only rings the bell when you're actually there, like when you're alone and like, yeah. Now it's it's me and me, you know. Uh, but I feel like to me, the biggest challenge was to learn how to be alone, because I feel like I've always been kind of like an introverted kid, and I never really appreciated too much company. But uh, just being away from the people that I love and just not having my dad to talk to and just having that feeling that there's nobody around, that was the, the biggest challenge for me. Something that to this day, actually, I still have a little bit of difficulty with is just learning how to be alone or how to feel good while being alone, you know. Uh, I've been through times where it was a little bit depressing to be alone. Others where I actually appreciated the fact that um, I have my liberty or my freedom, I would say, and I have my independence and things like that. So just kind of going back and forth between like feeling great for having like freedom and independence and also being a little bit depressed for not not having people around pretty much yeah what is it that's so hard about being alone for you oh man like something i realize is like not even 
having people to talk to, but like just having people around and feeling like you have people with you, you know? Um, like I remember the times that I was really depressed being alone. I was like, man, I wish that just my dad was in the other room, you know, and just feeling like there's something here, there's someone here with me. Um, so it's it's hard to explain, but I feel like I think it's just humans humans meant to be around people, and when you feel alone, it's just a natural feeling where you'll feel kind of lost if you don't know how to find a balance between that. Because nowadays, I kind of learn how to find that balance where I spend the whole week alone, but on the weekend I meet my girl or I'm with. Um, a few friends or I hang out with people, go to a restaurant or something. But if you don't have that balance and you're 100% alone, it kind of messes with your head a little bit, I feel like. And I think the explanation around that is just the way that humans are built. For some reason, we have that need to socialize and be around people. And then even for people like us that are naturally introverted and Sometimes we prefer to be alone. I think there's always that balance where if you don't pay very much attention to, you kind of you kind of feel bad about it. You start to feel mm-hmm. depressed about it. Do you get that as well? Like I know you like to be alone, but like, did you get that phase in your life where you kind of lost that balance and you're being alone like too much? One thousand percent. I remember I was living in when I moved to Dallas. I didn't know anybody in the state, let alone the city. So it was, and I'm not the most, you know, I'm not going to go out to like bars and clubs just to try and meet people in this new city. At least then I probably would now, but back then I definitely wasn't that type of person. So I'd spent a lot of time. I was either at work or at home or playing soccer. That was the one thing. That was my one like opportunity to socialize, be around people, feel normal, have fun, just talk shit. But other than that, I was just doing my own thing, which I don't have a problem with. I'm good by myself. But like you said, when it just like majority of your time, damn near all of your time, it's just not good, man. I think um, even for the healthiest person, it can really start to to weigh on you for some reason. Like you said, it's not even necessarily the conversation. It's more just somebody's presence that can make a difference. You know what I mean? So when you when you first moved out and you realized it was making a difference, what type of weird or let's say abnormal stuff did you start to experience after so much solitude? Man, I feel like my my natural reaction to that is to start to have some really negative thoughts and just having an empty mind where you don't have anybody to talk to or anybody around or any interaction around you. I think a lot of people's inclination in that scenario is to kind of have your brain just having negative thoughts and just negative ideas. And I think my girlfriend was like a lifesaver in that sense because at the time that I was moving out, it was exactly the time where we were almost starting to 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 date at the time so it just really came in handy to you know in that transition 
to have mm-hmm. somebody that I could be like, hey, like I am really depressed. Like I need to talk to someone. I need to go out. I need to do something out of here, out of this like space where I'm, where I'm at. So that really helped. But uh, thinking back, if I didn't have that, and I was like absolutely alone, man, I can't even imagine like how that would uh, turn out. Because really, man, I feel like my mind, when it's like empty and with nobody around, just me and myself, I feel like I can get to into some like really, really dark place with no fucking reason really it's just yeah. like the natural reaction that i have in my mind that kind of gets me to those places so i really owe a lot to my girlfriend in that in that sense she was she was really important in that aspect just making me feel less alone i would imagine yeah <clears throat> and we've um i don't know i mean it's probably like the last three or four times we've spoken You've mentioned her, and you have nothing but positive things to say. I'm very curious to know, how did y'all even meet? And um, could you talk a little bit more about the difference that she's actually making? But first, how did y'all meet? Man, the story of how we met is a crazy, crazy story. And nobody nobody believes that, like, when I when I tell the story. But it's such a crazy thing, man. Like, looking back, it's, it's crazy to me. Uh, like, first of all, something that was really important like the first day that we met to kind of like really connect us is the fact that I know it's crazy but like her birthday is exactly the same as mine (laughs) (laughs) like it's the exact same day like the same day same month is she the same age as you nah it's a different year Uh, she was born in 97 and I was 99 Okay. But, like, the day and the month, June 18th, is, like, the same. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy because, like, when I met her, I saw on her profile, um, on her, what do you call like, a bio, mm-hmm. uh, she was saying that her, what, what do you call a signal? Like, a zodiac, something like that? Oh, her zodiac sign. Yeah. Zodiac sign, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Her zodiac sign was Gemini. And just to kind of, like, find something to talk about, I was like, yeah, I'm Gemini, too. Mm-hmm. She was like, really? What day? And I'm like, June 18th. She was like, no way. Like, you're kidding. Like, no fucking way. And then I sent her one of my um, documents that had my uh, birthday on. Mm-hmm. She was like, man, that's crazy. And we kind of started to talk about how it would be to get to celebrate birthdays together and to have this scenario and just kind of dreaming about it and we like instantly hit it up like i think because of that because of that like surprise of like oh no way i never had that happen it mm-hmm. kind of sparked a little interest between us and from there on it was just it's like you said i have nothing but positive things to to say about her she was really she was really uh I would say the biggest present or biggest gift of uh, 2022 for sure. Oh man! Yeah. Hope she's hearing this, man. That's romantic. It's romantic. Yeah, she'll she'll listen to that for sure. <laughs> but you guys met. I asked you uh, where you guys met, but I already know the answer. I was doing that for the listeners. You guys met on Tinder. 
on right? Tinder. Yeah, I would never imagine something like that. Really, like, that's what I'm saying. That's the reason I asked yeah. because I mean, a lot of people. I imagine the majority of people, you know, it's really hit or miss on this yeah, platform. Some absolutely. people get super lucky. A lot of people don't have much success. So up to that point, when you first of all, what made you decide to get on the platform in the first place? I mean, that's kind of a dumb question. I know what you got <laughs> before, but out of all the places you could have gone, why didn't? Yeah. Man, it's funny you asked me that because I remember when we first met, we were both kind of like in the same position where we were kind of tired of Tinder and we were like on the edge of like actually giving up on a platform and on installing it. I'm done. And like, I remember I was not even on the app for, I think, almost a month. And then, like, the day that I was like, yeah, let me give it another chance. Let's see what's going on on here. And there was uh, her match on there, and it mm-hmm. kind of started the whole thing. But the reason that I was there, I remember when I when I first came to Sao Paulo, I had a few friends here because of, like, me doing high school here. But a lot of my friends back then was like, just one of those lost connections that like people that you were really friends with at the time. And then after a while, just people go their separate ways. Mm -hmm. So I found myself with like no friends. So my intention with Tinder was first of all, to find girls really, to be honest, but I just wanted to find people to hang out with, you know, like Mm -hmm. find somebody to go to a club with or to just having friends in general and when I found her I just kind of gave up on that whole idea and I was like I'm focusing on that girl you know like just uninstalled the tinder and uh we just focused on the two of us but it was it was funny how she had the same mentality as me of like man I'm kind of tired of this tinder thing just going back and forth between people and just feeling like you're losing your time with a lot of people that you don't really connect with and just having things that are not really meaningful and are kind of like empty. So we were both kind of like almost give you up an app until we found each other. So it's crazy how if it was two weeks after that, Mm -hmm. I would be like already out of the app and like forget about it. I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing that anymore. And for her as well, she was really disappointed with a lot of the attitudes of the guys over there. Mm. Even like, it's funny because like, when I when I said, hey, uh, I know it's hard to believe, so I'm sending you a picture of my document. And I'm sure you're familiar with that, but in Portuguese document, a lot of people refer to that as like, your dick, like my document. So what? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? You didn't know that? <laughs> no, run, that run that back. Run that back, bro. Okay, you said uh, people refer to their third leg as document. Exactly. Yeah, it's a common thing in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like you, you would hear people say like. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact phrase. Uh, 
is is document does document matter or does the size of a document matter that's a common oh, question Jesus that people Christ. get asked yeah so uh when i told her hey let me send you a picture of my document she told me that she was like kind of suspicious that mm. it was just a, a joke for me sending yeah. a picture of my dick like yeah just joking around and stuff so she was really disappointed with like the attitude of the guys over there to the point where she was actually expecting that that picture would not be an actual document or an mm. id and be something else yeah so just goes to show that a lot of guys on tinder are fucking trash and if you're like decent like you don't have to be like you don't have to stand out or anything just be a decent human being you can really make a difference on that platform yeah how long was it that you guys were talking on the app before you actually like decided i'm gonna meet up uh it was like a week yeah like a week after that we were on actually we talked on the actual app for like mm -hmm. a day and Oh, I see. Just like, yeah, let's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I see. I see. Well, uh, I think you're one of the lucky ones, man, because I'm yeah. sure a lot of people have not had such. It's quickly, too. You're talking about less than a week. You guys are immediately just yeah. getting it off. I'm sure most people. Yeah. And it's crazy how, like, at the time, like, when we first met, we were joking around, like, hey, if we actually get together, Let's like make up a story and be like, like, how did you guys meet? Oh, it was on a bar or something. And like, yeah, not, yeah. not be like, yeah, it was on Tinder. It's something that to this day kind of makes us feel a little bit not ashamed, but like, we don't want to let people know about that when we actually have established relationship. Yeah, I mean, you know what they're going to assume about the nature of your yeah, relationship, right? Exactly. When you're saying really, it's much more, it's much deeper than that. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you said multiple times like if it weren't for her, then the last two years I think you said, you guys have been. Yeah, together? we've been together for a year now. Yeah. A year now. Yeah. Okay. For the past year, if it weren't for her, things would have been incredibly different. So, like, apart from just her presence and company, what other difference has she made in your life? Man, I think <clears throat> first of all, it wasn't even in my day-to-day -day life was actually in my mentality i think that was the biggest change in the beginning where i kind of had this mentality where i was like i'm never finding somebody that i can actually connect with and like i don't believe that there's ever going to be somebody that i can really have a bond with I had that mentality for a long time. Like, I was so frustrated with people's personalities and the frustrated connection that I try to have with people that I kind of got in that mentality where I was like, I accept the fact that I'll ever be alone. Like, I might be with a girl here and there, like, just have something casual going on, but like, actually having a relationship that I appreciate. I kind of lost the faith that that could actually happen. How so old were you when you lost this faith? I'm just out of curiosity. How long ago? I was. It was pretty young. I was. I was probably like a teenager, something around like 15 or something. At 15, you decided it's over for me. Like no, no. At 15, I kind of started to flirt with the idea, but then at like around 20, I think, at the time that I was actually moving back to Sao Paulo that I kind of mm -hmm. 
decided like, yeah, that's it. Like, there's there's no chance in hell I'm finding somebody. And that was because I thought I had a type of personality that was not very compatible with most people. So I was like, yeah, that's not happening. I might what have like. What makes you think that though? What, what what gave you that impression? The times that I try to connect with people, and I was like frustrated, of like like from trying so much to connect with people and being frustrated i was Mm -hmm. like nah and that that has a direct relation with the fact that i was really awkward and like really Mm -hmm. shy and didn't know how to talk to people so a lot of that was like it, it wasn't the other people it was like more about me not learning how to talk to people and how to interact and how to be more confident in my personality and things like that so uh I just kind of learned that most of that wasn't like about people in general. It was me having to make the effort to understand myself more and then understand who I like to interact with in the first place or the type of people I like to be around. So that was like the first big change that she made in my mentality of like, yeah, man, it's not about you not deserving to have somebody it's actually just putting yourself out there and just just trying really because i was even afraid to like be in that situation where i could get involved and i could develop feelings and things like that so with her it was a big learning experience where i was like yeah Mm -hmm. it pretty much depends on a person and it's not something like the world doesn't want it to have somebody, you know, like the world is not against you. And it was a big change in my personality, or my mentality. But uh, other than that, man, I think everything changed. I feel like nowadays, for some reason, after being with her so much, I kind of developed my communication skills more because when you're like in a relationship, like, the foundation of it is like communication. Like you have to communicate well and you have to maintain a healthy dialogue with your with your spouser. So that made me grow a lot as a human being. I learned a lot about communication and I learned a lot about what a relationship is and what a healthy relationship is. So I learned a lot with her. Like I'm constantly learning a lot and growing as a person and um i even like that's that's a conversation that we have constantly like i'm constantly telling her like hey if it wasn't for you i think that i would be like done with girls not that i wouldn't like have any other contact with girls but i'd be like i'm not trying like i'm not Mm. um running after girls you know like Mm. if it happens it happens if i find somebody great but it's not going to be my main goal in life you know it's not going to be something i'll be looking for so um yeah i mean just a lot of things changed it's it's crazy what was it about her specifically that even made you think it was cool to communicate naturally and freely in a way that you couldn't in the previous relationship what was it about her like something something we we constantly uh reflect on is the fact that when we were about like a week in the relationship, like the first time that we actually sat down and talked, mm-hmm. we were like, it feels like we've been together for like a month already. 
Mm-hmm. And then was when it was a month, it was like it feels like we've been together for like a year. And now that it's been a year, it feels like it feels like we've been together for like four years. You know, we've always felt like somehow we already met before and we were just kind of like reconnecting yeah. or rebounding or something. So the connection that I had with her, with her personality is just something that I I can't even explain. It's just crazy. Like mm. the way that we understand each other and how we have the same, like something I learned with her is that that idea of like, that's just literal translation, but like, the opposites attract each other. Have you Perfect. personally like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something that I, it's out of my mind now because with her, I understood like the importance of actually having somebody that kind of have, I wouldn't say the same way of thinking because that can actually be detrimental sometimes, but like just dancing the same song as you, if that makes any sense, you know, just being in the same like, vibe and having the same dreams and ambitions and stuff and just just being on the same page about a lot of stuff you know so that was what made me really i feel like we we were like actually in love after like a month or something it was pretty quick Mm -hmm. yeah this may be um a difficult question to answer how did you know or i mean how do you identify i'm in love with this person is it just you woke up and realized like damn this is it i mean was it a specific feeling or how did you know after just a month like i'm in love with this chick? man i think the feeling that kind of gave it away for me was that for a lot of girls that i had previously interacted with it was one of those things where you go out you'll meet you'll talk you'll have sex or whatever and then after that you're like eh, whatever like mm-hmm. you don't want to be with that girl again like like the next day you're not even thinking about it like you just going about your day and that's it right. and for a lot of girls it was like that and with her when i realized that like the next day after a matter of like just it was all i could think about and then like the next weekend i was like I want to be with that girl again. Like I want to meet her again. Right. And that never happened before. Like going out with the same girl two weekends in a row, like that was out of the equation for me, like in all situations. So the fact that I was actually having a desire to be around her and appreciating her present, which was something that I had never felt before, that kind of indicated that I'm actually in love with that girl. Um, mm-hmm. And you could argue that you can feel that with a friend or with anybody that you like to hang out with. Mm-hmm. But with her, it was like, when I'm with you, everything just feels great. And it just feels like there's no outside. It's just us and it's just all perfect. So that feeling is something that I never experienced in life. And I was like, it has to be. As cliche as it sounds, it has to be love, you know? <laughs> it sounds like you're, you're for the first time, pretty much, experiencing what it's like to be in a loving relationship that's harmonious. Exactly. It's like almost like, damn, this is what I was missing this whole time? Like, I didn't even know this was possible. 
until now. That's really what it sounds like. Exactly. Yeah. It's actually something that um <clears throat> to this day I'm like uh we still talk about it where she she wonders like why did you take so long to say I love you? Because the conversation that we have is like she was in love a lot earlier than I was. Like mm. she thinks so, and she was like, uh, "If you were actually in love, what took you so long?" And I'm always like, I was in the process of like figuring out that feeling and understanding that because that was something that I never felt before. So I'm like trying to digest that feeling and understand that so I can actually be sure that that is actually what I'm thinking it is because I will never say I love you just just because, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely that, just having a feeling that I had never experienced before and being like, yeah, that that's got to be it, you know. Makes me think there are a lot of young guys. I've been through it. I'm sure some are going through it or will go through it at some point where it's like you find yourself in these situationships, let's call it. It's not really a relationship. It's kind of like a situation, you know what I mean? And you think this is it. Like, I'm, I love this chick, man. I, I like being around her, blah, blah, blah. Only to realize like a couple months later, nah, that was just like the honeymoon, the honeymoon stage, let's call it. And once I really get to know this person, I don't feel the way I thought I felt three or four months ago. So how did you, like, what was the process of going through and actually processing the feeling like if you had to recommend to another 21 22 23 year old kid might be in the same situation and they want to like process the feeling and be sure could you possibly like explain how you did it or what the process is oh man for me like the whole process of actually getting to the point where i'm actually sure like i'm in love with that girl it took me probably about three months or something because like from the point where we met to the point where we were actually in a serious relationship, like exclusive, it was three months. Like before that, it was kind of like one of those situationships, like you said. We were pretty sure that we were getting along pretty well. And she wanted to start a relationship, but I was like, let's wait until we're sure this is it because I wouldn't want to start a relationship. And then after like four months, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not happening or right. it's not going well because the emotional, uh, um, way that that's going to bring you is just so much more difficult to overcome than being like, Hey, let's wait for a little bit and let's figure out what is actually going on. So for me, it was just waiting until I was a hundred percent sure that I wanted to first um, assume. I don't know if that's the right word, but assume the responsibilities or, or taking ownership of the responsibilities of everything that involves being in a relationship. Because for me, like she had other boyfriends before me, but for me, it was like the first time that I'm actually in a serious relationship. So it was a lot to learn for me 
where I was single pretty much my whole life. So for me, it was like taking a little bit of time to actually be sure that that's what I want. And I think that's different for everybody. Like everybody has a different timing. Like for her, it could be like the second week, she says. For me, it was like on the third month that I was like, yeah, that's it. Like I'm actually in love with you and uh, let's start a relationship, especially in Brazil where like, I don't know about other cultures, but like in Brazil, we have this thing where you're with the girl, but you're not like exclusives, you know? And, And for a lot of people or for a lot of couples, that happens like for a long time. Like some people are in that situation for like six months before they actually establish like a serious relationship mm-hmm. and they actually have that conversation of like, yeah, well, like are we exclusive right now? So knowing that there is that culture and knowing that after like six months we could go our separate ways and that's it. I was like, yeah, if everything goes wrong, like it was a learning experience. Like I met this awesome girl that I still want to have some contact with because she's just an awesome person. But uh, if it goes good, like if it goes right, we have a great relationship. And it took me a long time to get to that point. I don't know if it, three months is a long time, but for me, it was like, I don't feel confident enough that I can make that person happy. And I know that you're about to ask me, like, what makes you feel that way? I feel like it's the same reason that kind of made me feel like there is never going to be somebody that I can actually bond with. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of that was, like, about me. Like, I didn't feel like I had the personality or I was the person that was interesting enough or that was beautiful enough or that would be enough for somebody. So for me to get out of that mentality and also a lot of her telling me like, hey, you're an awesome guy. I like you. I appreciate you. It took me a long time to like be in that mentality where mm-hmm. I'm not the underdog thinking like, oh, I'm never going to make anyone happy, you know, and that shit. Yeah. So I feel like the timing is different for a lot of people because everybody has a different battle. Like for some people, the battle is I don't want to leave that lifestyle of being single and being able to be with like any girl that I want and going out to clubs and things like that. For me, the battle was like, am I really confident that I can make that girl happy? Because just going into a relationship just because like, and then getting out of that with the feeling that I, um, and I keep forgetting words like my English is terrible <laughs> but uh just just having that feeling that you weren't enough you know yeah I, yeah I wouldn't want that to happen let me ask you this though why or what is it that makes you think that it's your responsibility to make your partner happy and maybe this is just me misunderstanding your choice of words but when I hear make someone happy it's like their happiness becomes your responsibility. That's the way I take it when I hear it. But is that what you meant? Nah, not like that. It's more like 
what I mean by happiness in that aspect is like her being satisfied with the relationship you know that's what like happiness in a relationship means because you could have that aspect of your life down like my my partner makes me feel good but in other aspects of my life like my job and like my mental state is pretty is pretty bad so i don't think it becomes just one thing but like i felt like it was my responsibility to like in her mind she had an idea of me of like yeah that guy makes me makes me good you know um she brings me good feelings and i feel good when i'm around him mm-hmm. um she she makes me a better person she just it's good to be with him you know so just that's what i mean by like happiness in a relationship because that's a good it. point as well like it's not anybody's responsibility to make you happy it's your own but like when you're in a relationship i feel like it's the other person's responsibility to like give her half of the worth to make it happen you know because mm-hmm. i feel like in a relationship it's all about like there's two halves like if somebody is like giving you 100% or it should be like 50-50 right so if somebody's like giving their all and then the other person is like kind of half-assing it and not really sure about it it doesn't go very well so it's your responsibility to be sure that your half is like well done, you know. Yeah, you're yeah. saying you want to be a good partner, not necessarily that you're responsible for happiness, but you just want to make sure you're holding up your end of the bargain and exactly. being the best possible partner that you can be because that almost 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 always leads to her happiness. Maybe that's ah, what. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense, man. And I was yeah. like for a long time hmm. wondering if I was in that position where I could be a good partner, you know. How do you know? I mean, because actually, before you answer that, I'm curious to know about your upbringing in terms of relationships, period, because most of us learn about relationships watching mom and dad or our bigger brother or sister, uncles, or maybe just on TV and movies and stuff like that. This whole time you're thinking like, man, I'm awkward. I'm weird. I don't know how to talk to people. You get to this point where you're like, bro, I you know, if I find somebody, it's just luck. There's no way I'm going to, you know, actually make this happen and find this person and actually satisfy them and blah, blah, blah. But when I was at your house, obviously, it was a very short amount of time. I mean, your parents are cool as fuck. They seem to be happily married. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, big, loving, happy family. You know what I mean? So I'm curious to know how, like, where the disconnect happened because I look at them and I'm like, man. When I get their age, I want something like that. Like, to be still happy together, smiling, laughing, making breakfast together and shit. How old are they right now? Their 40s, 50s? Yeah, something like that, yeah. My dad is, like, 55 or something. My mom is, like, just turned 40, actually. Okay. So, yeah, they're up there, like, 40s, 50s. I mean, when I get to that point, if I have a partner, like, that's what you visualize, right? It's just a happy relationship. But their relationship is not yours or mine or anybody else's, so... Where do you think this, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Where do you think the disconnect happened to where you see your parents and they, we don't know, obviously only they know, but they seem to be happily married. Whereas you, on the other hand, have this completely different view of relationships. And it's almost like you don't even know how to 
do yeah. it? Like, how do you like, what do you think happened there? Man, that's such a great question. I feel like for me, it was more the feeling of I like to be alone too much. You know, like I, I really appreciate my solitude. So having to um, having to leave dad on the side to actually, uh, um, I guess, deliver my time to the other person. <laughs> I don't know if that, man, I, I'm making wrong choice, wrong, like very wrong war choice. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. You're basically yeah. saying, like, not deliver, but you know, um, give your time to this person. Get, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and yeah, just I, I felt like the fact that I appreciate my solitude so much would really get in the way of like giving my time to the other person or making the effort to like uh yeah spend time with that person because to me the way that i thought of our relationship was like there will be times when all i wanted was to just be in bed and just watch a movie or something and did nothing and then this girl and be like hey let's hang out let's go out let's do something and i was like it's a movie let's go get some yeah yeah exactly and, and i'd be like i just want to be i just want to enjoy myself and i was constantly wondering how how much of that can um impact on like she thinking like oh that's a bad boyfriend like mm. she doesn't want to spend time with me and in, it's 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 not about that it's just trying to find a balance between like enjoy our presence and also being able to enjoy ourselves like mm-hmm. alone like and i appreciate that a lot I mean, like my solitude just doing like nothing all day and just sitting around and like or just going out by myself and for a lot of people in our relationship that's like out of the equation like yeah. Why are you going out by yourself if you have me? Like, that's something that wouldn't even cross your mind sometimes if you're in a relationship. And that, knowing that a lot of girls will find that weird, I was like, I, I don't think I would be a good partner. Because there's a lot of times that she will need me to be there for her. And I'm not even able to be there for myself. Like, hmm. so. I didn't want it to have that responsibility, but we kind of got into an agreement where if we don't feel the, the desire to be together, we just don't. Like, let's not just be together just because, you know? Right. If, if there's a weekend where we're like, ah, oh, let's just let's just stay home, let's just be, you know, we, we, we can just skip that, that weekend or <laughs> we can just skip a few days and be good. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very difficult idea for a lot of people to accept. Like exactly. my partner just says, "Oh, we should just skip seeing each other this weekend." What? Why? Immediately they go into there must be something wrong. Exactly. Yeah, and when I tried to uh, make her understand at the time was that it is nothing about you. Like it's something about I need to have that time with myself. Right like it's important for me like it's it has nothing to do with like he doesn't want to spend time with me or he doesn't like me or whatever like it was all about a type of need 
that I have. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that comes from, but it's something that I just have with me or I need some time with myself. So because of that, I didn't think at the time that I could be a good partner, you know. Uh, nowadays, it's it's very different, actually, because nowadays, like, it's pretty rare to have that situation where we're like, let's not see each other this weekend. Let's skip skip that weekend or something. Yeah. Like, it hardly ever happens. But uh, in the beginning of the relationship, it was pretty common for me to be like, hey, like, this something, I just want to be like, I just want to chill and, like, hang out with myself. I like that shit, you know, to just be alone and just, I like those moments. And uh, we just kind of understood each other that way. And it worked. But with 90% of the world, that wouldn't work, I would imagine. Yeah. It would be a problem. Yeah. Because be I know. I know you like that too a little bit. Like you like your solitude and you like to be alone sometimes. How do you think that you would face that? Like if you had to have that type of conversation where, because it's a, it's a weird conversation to have to be like, Hey, there's going to be a few times where I'm not going to want to be with you. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to have that conversation and to keep it. You say it like that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, hey, check this out. You know, I'm feeling you. Whatever, uh, you know, sometimes I want to be with your ass. I just don't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I've never, I haven't found myself in that situation yet. So it's a good question. I think what I think is what's what I think is weird is that you have to, not that you have to explain it. I think it's weird that it would be a problem. I know it's common that it's a problem, but I think it's weird because, I mean. Some people are just more introverted than others. Some people just like being alone. So for me, I don't even think the relationship could work if that were ever a problem. You know, it's not going to change. You know what I'm saying? I'm, just, I'm me before, during, and after the relationship. So I think uh, that's one of those things you just have to talk about beforehand and make it clear. You should really know that about a person before you consider, like, dating them exclusively anyway. So I think if we're already at the point where we're dating, it's not even a problem. But, yeah, I mean, as far as, like, explaining it i would just say this is what it is you know what i mean and explain it's not personal it's nothing like that either you win it or you're not i don't really see it as too big of an issue because if it's going to be an issue then the relationship is going to be an issue you know what i mean i don't think you can really negotiate a person's needs in a relationship there's some things that you might want that might be nice but if you need this or you can't function properly then you're just what am I supposed to do? Say no, you can't have that. I'm more important than what you need. Fuck out of here. You know, so it would just be a simple conversation for me, I think. But the thing is, not even I, to be honest, I don't think for a lot of people the problem is you need alone time. I think they want to know what you're doing when you're alone, and if you're actually alone when you say you need alone time. I think that's the problem for a lot exactly. of people is the trust, which is what I was curious yeah. to know about with you because for this being your first like exclusive serious relationship that you know that you're happy to be in how does trust where does it how can i ask this question how do you guys deal with it because you guys met tinder i mean you're not necessarily looking for something wholesome on an app like this most of the time and uh you guys very quickly went from the platform to exchanging numbers to then actually meeting up and things just worked that's not 
the most yeah. common situation for most people. And you guys are together a lot, but you're not together all the time. And there are those moments when you're like, eh, let's just not hang out. So yeah. what do you guys do? Has it ever been a problem or have you ever talked about it? What is How does trust um, affect your guys' relationship? Oh, man, that's a great question. I feel like for us, we, we always talk about how trust is pretty much the foundation of a relationship. Like, if you lose that, the relationship is pretty much over, in my opinion. Yeah, so for us, I'm not going to lie, man. Like, she, um, <laughs> how can I say that in English, mom? Yeah, she's a lot more jealous than I am, I feel like. Okay. Yeah, because she, like, to this day, man, it's, it's kind of weird to me how she have this idea that I've always been this guy that, like, goes out to clubs and gets a lot of girls and just has a lot of sex and things like that. And I'm constantly trying to, like, prove, not prove to her, but, like, trying to explain, like, hey, I'm not that guy. Like, I've never been that I'm guy. Not that guy. <laughs> yeah, but she... <laughs> But she's like, she's always like, uh, it's not something that she has any like uh, uh, reference to to believe that. Mm. But she's always like, you kind of give me that impression, you know. So it's something that's just, it's just in her mind mm. that like, I I kind of give off that that impression of like, in my past I've been with a lot of girls and. Yeah. I just, I was that guy. And because of that, she's very, very jealous. And she's constantly like, oh, I'm sure there's girls from your past that are, like, reaching out to. And I'm like, what girls? Like, (laughs) there have never been that much girls, you know. And also, like, kind of like in a, a, we we joke around a lot, right? So that's always, when she says that, it's always with 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 a joking intention, I feel like. But uh, with that, I, I kind of get the impression that she's very, yeah, she's very jealous a lot, like, a lot. And to me, it's like, man, I don't, it's hard to explain that. To me, like, I'm confident that if anything, if, if anything comes around that I find out about, it's kind of like a blessing for me, like, man. I'm glad that I found it out because now I'm sure they're not the right person for me. Like I'm leaving. So if I ever, if I ever get to that point, it's going to be a blessing for me because it's like opening my eyes about that person. And until that moment does not come and I hope it never comes, I'm like cool about it. You know, like she doesn't give me any reason to, suspect of anything or to be unsure about about her or something mm-hmm. um, and me neither I feel like I feel like, a lot, I feel like a lot about that is like the vibe they'll give off to the other person and how like you respect yeah. her and everything because before I had a lot of girls on my Instagram a lot of contacts on WhatsApp like just out of respect, I deleted all of those because I know 
that if one day we're together and like a message pops up or something, she is going to be disappointed or even if there's nothing like she's like the, the thought in her mind is going to make her feel bad about it. So a lot of that is just taking little actions to, you know, show a little bit of respect and just trying to avoid a few situations. But uh, I think that aspect of our relationship, man, I feel like we have that great foundation where we trust each other. And I have that confidence where I'm like, if something ever happens, like in my mind, I'm going to look at it as a blessing, you know, and until that doesn't happen, and I hope it never happens, like I'm cool, like, I'm not that paranoid that's going to be like, oh, what if she's doing that? Or what if she's doing this? Where is she right now? And things like that. Like, I think that is a, um, what's the word? A recipe for um, like a it's toxic not- relationship, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a really, exactly. really, really um, healthy way of looking at it, I think. I mean, everything you said thus far is... Um, not only do I agree with, I firmly believe like just just the healthy way. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, you can't control what somebody else does. Really all you can do is exactly. manage your expectations of what somebody will or won't do. And then really just focus on what you will or won't do. I mean, that's all you have control of. Yourself. And at the end of the day, communication too, from the beginning. And also what I learned is throughout the entire relationship. It's not like, okay, let's set it up in the beginning. This is what it's going to be. It's like sometimes people need reminders things that you've talked about three four five six seven eight it's just just is what it is you never know why but um you have to have multiple conversations about things sometimes and communication is the foundation of every relationship not just romantic right and speaking of man i don't remember if we talked about it again in this second recording now that's just working properly but communication (laughs) is what got you to your new i don't know if we call it career but the new job that you're at right now that's something I definitely yeah. want to talk about because I'm sure you know, like I know, the entire world, but definitely Latin America, the majority of people, especially young people, are learning English for one specific reason, maybe two. But the number one, get a job, make good money, live a good life. You have yeah. um, got a good job, probably makes good money, living a good life, man. And it's because of the work that you put in those years, just like relentlessly studying practicing yeah. improving the language man so can you talk a little bit about first of all what you're doing who you're doing it for and what it was that you think got you the job because i think a lot of people might be surprised to know how you got to where you are right now yeah man it's funny you bring that up because to me that was never really like the reason to learn english mm-hmm. but it was the reason that got me into the company and that was never something I would focus on, like, oh, I want to learn English because, oh, I want to be in a great company one day, or I want to have a great opportunity or something. I just learned because I like the language. I like the way it sounds, and I think it's interesting. And I think that was one of the main reasons that kind of made me learn so fast, because I was not interested in, like, the money that it would give me or the country that I'd be able to live in, I was just interested in, like, fulfilling that desire to 
be able to speak because I like the language. And um, right. so much so that actually when I, I'll get into that soon, but like when I actually got the job and got into the company, it took me a while to kind of like adjust my dialect and learn how to be formal and how to communicate in that corporate environment. Because uh, like, I also, also, um, also used to like using slang and uh, talking like, uh, not all the times, but sometimes I like, I like to imitate the like, uh, African American way of speaking. If that, and like the thing. real nigga, uh, exactly. <laughs> and that's a dialogue or a dialect that it's not appropriate to use at work. So it took me a while to kind of adjust to that because that was not really what I was focusing on, like the whole time that I was learning the language. So uh, things like writing an email and being on a meeting and things like that, it was all like, even having like a great level, it was all things like I knew nothing about and I kind of had to readjust to that. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, like the, pretty much the main reason that got me the job was the fact that out of like 10 people, I had, I would say like the best communication skills in English because uh, when I passed the interview, I remember one of my managers told me that there was a lot of people that were ahead of me, technically speaking, but they couldn't hold a conversation in English. Like the recruiters could tell that they had what it takes to do the job, mm -hmm. but um, they couldn't be in a meeting in English or they couldn't work write an email in English. So I think the technical side is a lot more teachable than communicating in English. So that's what kind of made me stand out at the time was that they felt like the technical side, I could, uh, I could learn or they could teach me, but like getting somebody prepared to actually interact in meetings and, and to use the language, um, pretty much daily at work, uh, it will be a lot more of a hassle for the team for sure. So, uh, it kind of makes me remember, man, of like all of the people that I talked to over the last, like, I think it's been, I think four years. No, I started back. Nah, man, five years or something like that since I started. So all of the people that I talked to, all of the apps that I downloaded, and all of the effort really that I put into becoming good in a language. And to this day, like, I keep forgetting words and I keep, like, uh, getting a little bit rusty sometimes, but I feel like all of that effort was, like, it was worth it, you know, and it wasn't even the reason that I was trying to learn at the time, but somehow it got me, I would say at this point, the job of my dreams for sure. Yeah. So really quick, I don't know if we mentioned that, what exactly is the job that you're doing and who are you doing it for? Because I don't know how you feel about it, but the first time you told me, I was like, what the fuck? Like I was genuinely surprised, man. So who are you working for right now? Yeah, uh, so 
the company that I work for is um, I don't know how to say that in English, but it's it's pretty much a company that delivers service to other companies that do not have an IT team already established. So it's pretty like common for. Oh, you say what? Sorry. Like an agency, it's like some kind of like an agency. agency. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's pretty common for big companies to not have an IT team because think of like having to hire a developer team or a development team and then a network team and then a server team and then security team and like all of the like broad areas in IT having to hire all of those teams it's just too much work for them and a lot of a lot of companies prefer to just hire a specialized company that delivers mm -hmm. all of those services so that's pretty much what my company does and uh right now the client or the customer that i'm working for is nike and uh, i was at mattel last year which is pretty much this a uh, toy company um Toys like Barbie and Hot Wheels and things like that. Mm, okay. uh, that's what they're famous for. And um, yeah, I'm actually in the in the transition right now of like going from one customer into another. And speaking of the job itself, what I do is pretty much IT infrastructure. So anything related to IT devices like. Um, network devices and servers and firewalls and anything related to backups and data and things like that it's mm -hmm. pretty much what i deal with on a day-to-day -day. yeah so you're doing you're working for an agency that has been contracted by nike to handle their it infrastructure yeah. and things of that nature and just in case it's not clear we're talking about the nike n-i-k-e the trillion dollar brand nike that you're working for you got this gig just in case it's still not clear, not because you were the most technically experienced or savvy or advanced in terms of your competition, but really just because you could communicate well in English. And your, your employers basically like, look, we could hire this technically sound person, try to train them into a great communicator in a foreign language, or we can hire this dude that already communicates great and just teach him the technical stuff. Because technical, yeah. a lot of times, is like, two plus two is four or six plus six is twelve but communicating there's the science to it but it's more of an art and teaching a language is hard enough but then teaching somebody how to use it effectively when that's not even your job you're an it agency we're not here to teach people how to speak you know what i mean so i think the reason i wanted to like hammer that home is because a lot of people i've talked to over the years probably somebody listening to this right now just doesn't understand how important it is to be able to communicate well in your native language or any foreign language that you speak it literally opens and closes doors for you Absolutely. there's so many cases i teach english to a dude an executive who works for um motorola and it's the same situation his, his boss promoted him to be in charge of all the i guess branches employees and everything in latin america for his division just because he could communicate well they were like listen we're making an investment in you because like we can teach you the job itself, but managing people, talking to them correctly, like changing and adapting your communication style and stuff like that is really not something that you can just like sit down and read in a book and then do. It takes lots of practice, lots of studying, lots of experience and things like that. So 
and communication skills are the key to pretty much everything you want. You know what I mean? Imagine if you, even outside of work, talking about your girl. We were just talking about if you didn't know how to express yourself, communicate, talk to people, you it never would have worked. It never would have worked, man. So you were you were saying that you were basically investing in your communication skills all these time, just or all this time, just because you wanted to. It wasn't like you were hoping to get a job or start a career or something like that. So where do you think that desire came from? How did you even? Because I know English is taught in schools in Brazil since like elementary school, yeah. but it's, you're not learning like, English. So where did the desire to learn real English from and actually learn to communicate? Where did that come from? Wow, man. It's hard to explain, actually, because um, <clears throat> like I have this passion for like the way that the language sounds that I like. I don't know where it comes from, but it's just like it's just a natural desire to to be good in that language, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember like the first time that I actually. Um, like when I was still in the beginning and like learning the structure of the language, things like that. The first time that I got to the point where I could listen to or hear a sentence and then comprehend and then actually like be able to understand word for word. I was like, man, that is it. You know, like I just, it just became this passion where like all I wanted, like, like all of my free time, it was just going towards that, like just being good in English and just just making mm-hmm. progress in that. And um, after a while, like once I've experienced like what it feels like to be able to communicate with different cultures and like people from all over the world and just having contact with those peoples, that kind of made it even more interesting for me. And it kind of sparked even more interest in continuing to 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 learn the language so i think it's just something that i don't know if i was born with it or i don't know if like from a young age just from consuming a lot of media or content in english or like all of my entertainment has already has always been from the u.s and like mm-hmm. music and tv shows and movies and things like that that was just that was the language that i was constantly listening to in the background so i think that definitely had an influence i think um music that i like too and um i don't know i mean i think it's a mixture of things yeah never thought about it like where that where that passion comes from i don't know and also i feel like Once you get to a certain point where you can actually use the language, that's like the the honeymoon phase, right? Where like, man, it's crazy how I can use that language to communicate and uh, I can actually understand people talking. And that kind of, it was just, in my mind, it was like, man, I just, I can't believe I have that ability. And uh, it's crazy how I know in Brazil we have this uh, statistic where I think 5% of people can actually hold the conversation in English or even less than that. (laughs) Yeah. So to me, it was like, like, because I'm within that statistic, that 
mm. opened so many doors for me and actually got me a job. So I know it's weird to say that, but I'm like grateful for the language, you know, if that makes any sense. <clears throat> of course. Of course, man. Yeah, yeah. it's life changing, dude. It's hard to explain to somebody who hasn't learned foreign language before. But once you learn the first one, and like you just said, you it's like a moment in your brain or a moment you experience. I mean, you're like, bro, this motherfucker is making foreign sounds with their mouth. And I know exactly what they're trying to say. Six months ago, yeah. I had no fucking idea. You feel like you've unlocked some secret pathway in your brain. Yeah. And not only that, you've unlocked this door to hundreds of millions of people in some cases, if you're learning yeah. English, French, Russian, something like that. There's all these people you can talk to now. And then at least when I learned Spanish, which was the first foreign language I learned, that's when it really set in. Like, bro, there's billions of people I literally just won't ever be able to speak with because we don't speak the yeah. same language. And I know that's normal. It's always been that way. But like still, it's just the thought that the more languages I learn, the more people I can talk to. And not only that, it's not about the number of languages. I think the more deeply you understand a language and the more the closer you get to it and the better you get at using it better your experience with anybody you talk to because learning a foreign language forces you to learn how to communicate well yeah because if you don't have anyone to talk to then you can't practice and if you're not good at talking to people people don't want to talk to you you're fucked so you have to become a good communicator to learn foreign languages and that makes you a great communicator in your native language so it just benefits you on all fronts bro and i also think for me it made me a lot more uh empathetic because at least here in the U.S., like we're, I mean, we have Spanish class in school, French class in school, but it's like, you know, the most elementary stuff. We're not having conversations. So we're not really even exposed to the difficulty of what it's like to be the only one like you in the room. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but a lot of people come to this country and they're the only one like them in the room. They're out of place, literally. And they don't speak the language sometimes and they just have to fucking figure it out. I think when you learn a foreign language or you travel to a foreign country and you get that experience you're like oh shit the whole world out here and not only i mean there i could go there's so many benefits to learning a foreign language man i was about to go off on a tangent it's just really yeah. like, it really is man i met you because we were we decided to learn foreign languages man we met on fucking youtube bro yeah a lot of people don't i don't think we talked about that on previous episodes like i was making videos for americano da gemma we talked about this last week and yeah. um you left a comment on my video and hey man you teach english you give classes and i was just like ah well, i guess i guess i could <laughs> i mean there's nothing stopping me so i tried it man we had a couple classes just became friends just because i was like man this thing's cool as hell let's just talk you know yeah. what i mean just enjoyed it and then, bro stayed in contact for those we met in 2018 i think it was and then i went to brazil yeah. in 2019 and so a year later i'm like in your house we're eating barbecue i'm kicking it with your mom and dad your sister your brother and shit man we're playing football all because we both decided you know what let's just learn this language and see what happens because like you just like you for me it was never like i'm gonna benefit in this way by learning it it was just yeah i just feel to learn it it's just, just interesting you know so i really wish more people would internalize that idea man just, man absolutely it's not for everyone obviously Maybe we were predisposed or something like that, but bro, yeah. just gotta learn at least at least one foreign language and just get the experience of a different culture, a different way of expressing yourself, learning Man. how to communicate Absolutely. in a way that's foreign to you. It's it's so good for your character. It makes you more humble. Just there's so many benefits, man. You know. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And one thing that I find very interesting, um, I guess the same thing happened to you as well, is... Uh, once you start to make that effort to to make progress in a foreign language, it's crazy how it kind of goes into your native language as well. Like hmm. inevitably, you kind of yeah. because I feel like I became so much better at communicating. Period. Like in Portuguese as well. After I started to learn English, like communication skills and how communication works became so much more clear to me because you said it perfectly like if you don't work on that on like your ability to communicate like you're not going to be successful in learning any language because that's really like the bottom of it like the better you are at communicating and making conversations or holding a conversation with people like the easier it gets to make progress or the more connections you can make with people so that changes the whole game like not only working on the language itself, but also making an effort or putting an effort into being good at communication, like period. And um, it makes me remember like, at the time that I was like really focused on it, I found your book about like, uh, I don't know what it was called at the time, I forget. Um, oh, something how to have like a conversation, conversations in English or something like that, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy how a lot of those tips or a lot of those ideas or concepts I use to this day, like in Portuguese, like <laughs> outside of learning a language, you know. So yeah. it goes to show how communication, like, it doesn't depend on, like, one language itself or one language separately, but it's like, it's just, it's one thing. Like, it's, it's all the same thing. 100%. Language, I'd say it all the time, bro. Language is just like the tool that you use to communicate. But communication exactly. is just communication. Yeah. Before you even know how to speak the language, you're trying to communicate. Like, you ever seen a baby with its mom or dad or something and it's making noises and using its body? That's communication. It's trying to tell you yeah. something, it just doesn't know how to do it. And that's how fundamental communication actually is. And I think a lot of people think of it in terms of just, I need to learn this language. And I spent probably like the last five years trying to teach people how to communicate. Not that I'm a master or a guru or something like that, but just something so simple as um, basic communication skills, learning how to treat other people, you know what I mean? How to ask questions, make statements, how to listen, bro. How to listen. I don't know about you, 
but I was already just naturally a listener. But when you have when you learn a foreign language, you realize like, bro, shut the fuck up. Listen to what's being said. That teaches you what you need to say next. If you're not listening, I think that's what a lot of people, maybe somebody listening to this right now, who is a little awkward, kind of like we were in the past, like didn't really know how to interact or make conversation, always in your head and shit. It's like, bro, stop listening to yourself and thinking about what you think and just listen to the person that's speaking. Just focus on them. Half of your communication problems will be solved just by listening to the person that's actually speaking with the intention of understanding what's being said and not just responding to what's being said. I mean, we can go deep into communication, bro. It's so, it's so vital, bro. It's so vital. It opens so many doors as well. It does, bro. All kinds of personal whether it's you're trying to pursue a romantic relationship, make friends, make more money, it doesn't matter, bro. It's communication. It's all about that. It's all about yeah. that, bro. So Absolutely, man. There's like yeah. a, a pattern that I realize, which is um, like every single really successful people have that in common. Like they're right. very, very good at communicating. Like their communication skills is like very – and you notice that that's something they actually worked on. A lot of people are like blessed, and I feel like a lot of people you can tell that are kind of like naturally predisposed to uh, communicating well. But uh, that's a tendency, I man. Like people that communicate well, they have much more chances in life to succeed in basically anything relationships work like professionally just the relationships that you form in life um because that makes a lot of difference too like i learned especially like when you're in a big company like that something i learned is that a lot of people got that position not because of like in my case it was because of my english but for a lot of people it's because of the relationship that they were able to form like previous to that to that job um mm-hmm. someone that they met before that they established a good relationship or forged a good relationship and using that as a way to really take advantage of like the professional life and that makes like i heard so many stories of people that are like like oh he's here because like he knows someone or he's here mm-hmm. because like he comes from somewhere and i know that sometimes it's not fair with the people that are like putting a lot of effort into like actually applying to jobs and stuff but in a way is like it could be um um i don't know man i keep forgetting words but it could be like somebody taking advantage of like their communication skills and how mm. how good they can form relationships, you know, and right. just being recompensated for that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't see any problem with that, honestly, because and a lot of people first first thing you said, maybe that's not fair. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. The idea of fair in the game that we're playing called life or even just in the context of work. It's just a game inside of a game. At least that's the way I see it. And um, I'm not sure it's supposed to be fair. Maybe we have this idea that it's supposed to be fair. Even if it is supposed to be, it's not. So we might as well just accept it. Play the fucking game. Yeah. Or go play a different game. It's your choice. That's just the way I think about it. Yeah. But even 
like the second thing you said, like maybe they're just taking advantage of their ability to form relationships and communicate and stuff like that. The good news is you could develop those skills too if you just worked at it. And I know it's easy for me to say that. And again, I'm no communications master. It takes practice. Just like speaking a language, if you stop doing it for a while, you go back into your cave and you just by yourself all the time, you will forget like how to talk to people. We learned that in 2020. You know what I mean? So for you, transitioning from three or four years ago, because I remember what it was like for both of us in terms of communication skills. <laughs> it wasn't fucking great. From there to here, like I know you mentioned the book and um, and I guess really just maybe that was all you mentioned was the book. What other stuff have you done? If you had to recommend to somebody else who was in your position or is currently in the position that you were in the past, how would you recommend to go about improving communication skills, not just for work so that you can get a job, but just in general to have a better life? Yeah, yeah man. Uh, I think, first of all, taking some time to, and I'm not a master or anything like you, but like, I feel like taking some time to understand the concepts of communications, like what makes communication or what makes a good conversation or what makes you sound clear and concise in a conversation, kind of like what you bring um, with with your book and stuff. And uh, once you understand that and how to apply those concepts, uh, a few a few things you just mentioned, like paying attention and learning how to listen and asking the right questions and making statements and things like that. Once you understand those concepts, I think it's all up to practice, really, just putting yourself out there and actually communicating. I think for me, what made a big difference for me was uh, the workplace, man. I think Mm. just from making so many meetings or participating in so many meetings and being exposed to like, I have to understand this client or I have to understand their needs and I have to work with them and always make sure that um, my job is satisfying, like not only the company's need, but also like the projects and stuff, constantly being in that environment, I think forced me to communicate more and to develop those abilities really, because I spend like eight hours at work and I do that every day. So for me, it kind of made it a lot, a lot easier to kind of like, we don't talk about practice. Like I practice at work. So, yeah. yeah. And also I feel like my, my relationship as well definitely helps. So if you can get yourself in a relationship where (laughs) you're constantly having conversations and constantly solving things together and constantly, uh, communicating that that helps a lot as well uh socializing in general i think that that makes a big difference um and i'm I'm curious to know about you as well because ever since i met you i just always had this idea that you're very very good at it like i don't have it in my mind any image of you where you were like awkward or didn't know how to communicate. So for me, <laughs> in my mind, that's just kind of like it's always been like who you are, really. <laughs> but how did you how did you make that transition? Like like going from that awkward guy to like knowing how to communicate well nowadays. 
Nigga, I'm still fucking awkward in some cases, bro. I don't think uh, I think I always will be at least you know five ten percent. But I would say it was more or less what you just described. It's in a different environment, but the simple answer is practice. But I guess if I go back to where it started, I don't know which one came first, but I do know for a fact what thing that really, really, really helped me was teaching English online because. Ever since I started, I never really took the approach of like, today we're going to learn about these phrasal verbs, and this means this, and this means that. Repeat after me. I never really took that approach. It was just, how did I learn a foreign language? And talking to people. You know, I guess that's really where it started. When I tried to learn a foreign language, I had to learn how to make conversation with strangers because if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't learn the language. So that helped a little bit. Then shortly after, somewhere in there, I started teaching the language and I took that same approach it's just conversational I'm just going to talk to you I'm going to guide the conversation but I'm just going to talk to you and then correct you along the way explain whatever you don't understand and so by constantly talking to all these strangers like they were looking at me to lead the class to guide them down the path and teach them whatever they need to know and I'm like what am I supposed to do here so after two or three times of that it's like no okay I need to fucking learn how to like talk to people for an hour straight and so, man, three, four times a day, four or five days a week, for an hour a piece, I'm just making conversation with this person. So you you start to recognize patterns and things people say. You learn how to listen much more attentively. You know, you learn how to use your curiosity to figure out what people really mean to say yeah. when they're talking. Because a lot of people, even in their native language, are so vague. Like they just say things because they know you'll get the idea of what they're trying to say, but. Yeah. There's so many cases where they say these basic things, and if you just ask a simple question, what do you mean by that? Yeah. They will tell you so much more about what they really meant to say. So just being in conversations every day and being responsible for keeping the conversation going, it was it was one of those things where it's like either I talk or I talk. It was no other option. This is my job. You know what I mean? So after just doing it so many times and evaluating the results, like watching people's reactions when I say certain things, Noticing the difference between making a statement and asking a question and how people react to those two different things. Just by doing it every day and you're always in it, then you can like rise above the basic level stuff to really analyze what's going on. And then your skill level just elevates slowly over time because your bird's eye view gets higher and higher. You can just see the whole thing. I don't know if that makes sense. But that's how I see it in my mind. So it was just every day being forced to talk to people. I learned how to talk to people. And then, of course, learning foreign languages more or less the same thing just in a different language so i would say that was really where i was like forced to learn how to talk and also two other things that helped one was the joe rogan experience we talked about this a lot just listening to other people have great conversations you can learn a lot about how conversations work and you start to notice the things predictable things even that people will say or do that actually help the conversation move forward or stop it in its tracks or get certain reactions out of people. I mean, he's got like 2,000 episodes, man. I tell people all the time, you want an education on how to talk to people, just download the podcast, bro. Just listen. Matter of fact, watch. Watch the video and look at their faces, their body yeah. language and all that type of stuff. It'll teach you everything you need to know, bro. So that was number two. Number three was writing. That's a big one, wow. even today. Because for somebody who's not really good at speaking off the cuff, like improvised, I really don't think I'm that good at that taking the time to write down what it is you actually think and then analyze it, 
edits, change it around, try to rephrase it and things like that. You're just playing with words all the time. And these are your thoughts. So the next time somebody asks me about this thing I just spent the last three days writing about, it's much easier for me to talk about it because now I know what I think. I think a lot of people don't even know what they think. So they get into a conversation and somebody asks them, hey, what do you think? Uh, it, um, yeah, the, um, it's great. Fucking great. You know what I mean? And then they feel dumb. It's like, I don't know how to talk to people. No, you just don't know what you think. Sit down in a room by yourself, ask interesting questions, and then fucking answer them. See what it is you think. Do that again and again and again. It becomes easier to tell people what you think because now you actually know because you asked yourself, what the fuck do you think? People don't do that, I think. They don't take the time to write their thoughts. They don't take the time to analyze what they think or believe, what they feel. Just go through the fucking motions on autopilot thinking that certain people are just born fantastic at things. Oh, bro, communication is a skill and you can learn it. This is coming from two people who were awkward as fuck. Didn't know how to talk to themselves sometimes. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Practice, bro. Like playing soccer or the violin or some shit. Same thing. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed the same thing. Like, uh, especially learning through observations. I think, especially after podcasts came around, like, I learned so much just from observing a lot. And, uh, like, to me, to this day, like, Joe Rogan is, like, the master of, like, the whole thing. Good job, father, like, bro. So good. so good. Yeah. yeah man. And, and it's funny how you'll see so many examples of, like, people coming on a show where, like, Joe, he does know how to communicate, but a lot of guests don't. So you kind of learn also how to talk to different kinds of people. Exactly. Um, I always remember uh, that episode with uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, where like he keeps cutting off and he keeps oh. like interrupting and stuff. And you see, like one person that knows how to talk to people and have a conversation, and the other person, like all he wants to do is talk and talk and talk and talk. So I think it's important to also learn how to communicate with different kinds of people because there'll be people that you'll have to kind of force them to speak a little bit more or ask more questions and then there's other people that you just be sitting there listening the whole time and that's just how it works yeah. uh yeah so i think having uh, um um have a different abilities to talk to different people is also a very important thing because to me something i realized for example is that it's a lot easier for me to talk to um introverted people like me than like really extroverted people i don't know for some reason i kind of have more uh uh difficulty where you have that person that is really like loud and talks a lot and he's like they don't shut up for nothing so do you do you get that a lot too like like introverted people do you feel like it's it's easier to talk to or maintain a conversation Hmm. you know in the past i would have said yeah that was the way i felt was just people who are more introverted like myself i felt like we understood each other and just naturally we had the same kind of communication style so it just made it easier and also, this is um, a common misconception is that uh, introverts are maybe like deeper 
more intellectual because they're quiet. They don't talk much. They think a lot. They listen. And extroverts maybe talk too much. They never listen, so they're a bit dumber. I would say if we were generalizing, yeah, maybe. I don't think that's true if you dig a bit deeper. I've talked to plenty of introverts who are terrible listeners, fucking assholes. I don't enjoy talking to them at all. I've met some extroverts, some of my favorite people. So I would say... I don't know if it was down to being introverted or extroverted that made it easier or harder to talk to some people, but I've definitely been in contact with a lot of those people who are, and I'm, I've probably been that guy plenty of times without even realizing it. It's yeah. just, you're talking way too much. You're not at all concerned with the other person. You're much less interesting than you think you are. And it's, it's just, you're just a fucking pain to talk to, but yeah. I'm sure all of us have been there on some level, but I lost my train. We were talking about, um, there's something I wanted to mention in relation to that, about introverts and extroverts. A second. Uh, it's not going to come back. Anyway, I've definitely experienced that before, of people who are just okay, difficult to deal with. Ah, I remember. I remember. What you said made me think something that's important to learn on the journey to becoming a better communicator, which is no matter how good you get, communicating there will always be people who just fucking suck at it <laughs> I mean, it's just it's, it's also no matter how good you get you'll also have bad days it's, it's normal yeah, exactly maybe your yeah. mind is some other place you just can't get the words together or whatever for whatever reason so i think it's important to remember it's, it's a marathon bro like yeah. every other skill you have to maintain it and invest even more if you want to like continue improving it so you may think sometimes that it's you and sometimes it is you need to fucking improve your skills, bro. You're boring. You're not funny. You talk too much or you don't talk enough. That's also a big problem for a lot of people because some people yeah. maybe think they're not interesting. They think they have nothing to share or they're too private or something like that. I know in the past I thought that, hey, man, I'm just not interesting to people. And somewhere along the, the line I realized, oh, it's because I never fucking talk about myself. I, re I genuinely don't like to. And for that reason, I genuinely don't unless you ask and I'll tell you. But if you don't ask, I'm probably just won't share it and so it's like people can't be interested if you don't give them a reason to be interested that's one thing i had to learn yeah. going back to what i just said it's like man you can be a fucking master at communication and come across somebody who just doesn't have as much experience or doesn't care about improving that skill you just have to accept it man yeah. conversations are like like a dance sometimes you come across a great dance partner and it just fucking Blows, bro. You guys are yeah. harming. And other times you're stepping on each other's toes and shit. It's all awkward. Yeah, yeah. New dance partner, bro. Or, or teach your partner how to dance with you, and allow them to teach you how to dance with them. I think that's also important. Is respecting. Going back to what you said, different communication styles. I think when you learn yeah. a foreign language. When I was teaching private classes every day, you're dealing with so many different kinds of people. From creatives to business executives, conservatives and fucking liberals, yeah. and women, young and old. So you just naturally gain this experience of how to talk to all these different kinds of people. And it gives you a deeper appreciation. Like, man, none of us know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. All of us have different communication styles. We have pros and cons. We have faults, flaws and shit. It just is what it is. You just have to learn how to go with the flow, bro. Yeah. Go with the fucking flow. No conversation is perfect. It just let it be what it is. Do your best, and that's really all you can hope for. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, man, it's just it's, it's one of those things where you can't just build the method and be like, yeah, I'm gonna right. use that and talk like that with every single person. It's yeah. it's always gonna work, um, and you can see that on 
on the Joe podcast as well, where depending on who he's talking to, he behaves completely different. Like the people that he has on the show, like more often, like um, Doug Contrenso and uh, Theo Vaughn and guys like that, mm-hmm. like he's a lot more chill and he's making a lot more jokes because like it's just the vibe of the conversation is like that, you know, and talking a lot of shit. Now you see other guys like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, for example, where he's the guy, like he's going to talk a lot. He's going to explain a lot of shit and he likes to have that attention and he cuts you off and stuff. So it's, it's definitely uh, learning how to play with uh, different styles for sure. Yeah. And I think that's, that's difficult, man, because I think a lot of that is uh, learning how to read the other person as well. And I think that's another ability in itself, like knowing how to read what the other person is about, their intentions in the conversation, and how to dance with them, like you said, right? Mm-hmm. Do, do you find do you that... Oh. <laughs> Here's the delay or something like that, but go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah, my bad. Uh, I was going to say, uh, do you find that difficult, like, reading other people and, like, mm. knowing what they're what they're about in that conversation? <laughs> it's hard to answer that question directly because part of me wants to say, yeah, absolutely. But I think that's partly just because I like to think of myself as an observant person. No, I've no. talked to so many fun different kinds of people especially i mean even growing up we moved around so many different places we're just constantly dealing with new people um so i like to think yeah i got it figured out but i also know now that i'm a bit older i don't fucking know shit bro like we all have these these illogical biases in our brain that make us think we know shit make us think we're interpreting things correctly when a lot of times you look back and you're like man i was completely a lot of times i'm right a lot of times i'm right on the money like the intuition's good but not always man i mean we're all wrong sometimes so i would like to say yeah but experience has also taught me that you really gotta spend time with a person and really explore their their mind and the way it works to get a feel for the person not only that but you can't do that in just one conversation all the time sometimes you can pretty much gauge what somebody's about off time like i mean from the beginning but a lot of times man you might encounter three different people when you meet with the same person on three different occasions maybe the first time they were nervous maybe the second time they were distracted the third time i'm here i'm present i'm ready to go and this is the me that i wanted to present to you you won't know that if after the first one you're like man fuck that guy you know so i think sometimes you really can't trust your first impression bro you have to investigate gotta be curious you gotta dig a bit deeper to figure out like is what i'm interpreting or seeing from this person actually what it is or is that just what i want it to be because it's easier to make assumptions you know what i'm saying so i try my best not to assume i've got somebody figured out especially when we haven't interacted that much oh yeah yeah i definitely agree man and that's why i think that you know we have that saying um first impression is what matters or is what stays in your mind but really man i think there's been a lot of times where i talked to somebody for the first time and i was like 
that guy is boring as hell. And then, like, the second <laughs> time or third time that we talk, it's, like, a, a completely different thing. Yeah, so I exactly. think we, we really got to um, give people a second chance to present themselves and uh, yeah. make you change your mind, really. Uh, mm-hmm. That happened plenty of times with myself, even. Like, uh, like sometimes, you know how sometimes you're in a conversation and you get out of it feeling like um, what you said about men, it's it's not my day. Yeah. My mind was in a different place. I was not finding the words correctly. And then when I talk to that person again, she's like, oh, I had a completely different impression of you. Like, you changed my mind completely. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, definitely you cannot judge people off of their first impression in any situation, really. A lot of people surprise you, yeah. Negatively and positively. Yeah, that's for sure, (laughs) my friend. That's for sure. I think it's a... The more you get to know yourself, I think the easier it is to get to that mindset you just described because um, you realize that you, like, you have those days, man. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, sometimes you're here, sometimes you're not... It may be the chemistry of the person. There's so many factors. And um, I think when you stop judging yourself so much and you realize that you sometimes sound like a fucking idiot, sometimes you're boring, sometimes yeah. you aren't bringing enough to the table, you like take it easier on other people, especially, especially when you have a lot of experience interacting with people of other cultures who speak other languages. Yeah. Like from the very beginning, most of us are much more empathetic because we understand this is not this person's native language. This is not this person's culture. So they're trying to express themselves in a way that's familiar to me, but not them. So I could never try to judge who they are or get a, really get a sense of who they are by interacting with them in that way. I need to go to where they are, yeah. interact with them in their language, get a real understanding of their culture, and then try to interpret their behavior. Because otherwise, you're just looking at it through the lens of what you've known your whole life. And you know fucking this much, bro. This much. Yeah. And you're trying to interpret the entire world through that tiny little fucking lens. It's just, it's not going to work, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. So not only a second chance, you just have to give people, I don't even know if there is a second. Just give people a chance, period, to just be themselves and understand that on Monday, it's always the same person, but you might get different flavors of the same drink every time you meet this person like people shit happens bro there's so many things that influence your behavior right now at least for most of us but i think yeah. once you understand that stop thinking about it so much and just let this person just present whoever they are to you and you go off of that and if you're curious or you're feeling some kind of way it also helps to just ask questions like why do you do that why did you say that why do you feel that way what's up with this behavior i don't understand that instead yeah. of fuck that guy i don't like him i don't like what he does this this and this just just ask a lot of times you can avoid a lot of frustration and misunderstandings and even sometimes gain a friend by just taking the extra step and just being like yo man like you do this a lot like what's up with that why do you do that? i'm just curious why and a lot of times people who never get asked that they're like damn this motherfucker wants to understand me let me tell them everything. And they'll just start telling you shit. Yeah. You didn't even ask all that. I'm sure you've been in that situation before where just because you were curious and interested, people start telling you all types of personal shit yeah. that you didn't ask for. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Like, I don't know how many times I, I've been told that, like, man, 
I feel like I can talk to you about anything just because, like, just because you're listening to them, like, being attentive and paying attention. I feel like that's another ability that I think a lot of people don't have. But uh, going back to what you said, man, I think a lot of us don't have, I guess, the empathy to understand that when you meet somebody, you have no idea, like, what's going on in their life like if they're having a good day if they just had an argument with somebody and like they're just fucking angry if they're just not having a best day so a lot of us are kind of like just locked in our own mind like i'm having a good day i feel good i want to talk to somebody right now but like what about the other person and um just having that feeling to to analyze that yeah but man switching gears a little bit um i also wanted to ask you we were talking about how so many things happened in the last three years and mm-hmm. I remember I remember having this conversation with you a couple of years ago where we were like daydreaming or trying to project how the next or how the following five years or ten years would be mm-hmm. and we were like asking ourselves like hey where do you see yourself or how do you see yourself in five years from now or 10 years from now? Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to think that like that question for me is like out of the equation for me right now, because <laughs> I learned that like so many things change in like a five month period that you can't even control. So trying to imagine yourself in five years from now, or even two years from now or a year from now, or even two months is like unrealistic. Um, do you have the same idea? Like, uh, do you feel like the idea that you had a couple of years ago of where you would be at this point is like completely different than you um, than what you think right now? A thousand percent. Yeah, def- I mean, you said it perfectly, bro. Like, trying to. I think when you're younger, you just don't have the experience to know that it's impossible to predict what life is going to be like in, in five years. You may say it confidently and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And some people do it. Some people say in five years, I'm going to do this and this and this, and then they go do it. That was not my case. I can tell you that much. So I think, uh, yeah, now my perspective is basically like yours. If you ask me what I'm going to be doing in five years, bro, I don't know. Because five months ago, I didn't think I'd be doing what I'm doing right now. I didn't think life would be exactly the way it is. So, yeah, I think it's much better to figure out, okay, in the overarching theme that is my life, what direction do I want to go in? What major things do I want to hit before I check out this motherfucker? And then along the way, just trying to manage, bro. Just trying to maintain, you know what I mean? Make sure the fucking sink doesn't ship or the ship doesn't sink. I mean, um, but yeah, I think uh, it's important to make plans. It's important to have goals. But realistically, just understanding that bro, a lot of life is so unpredictable bro in the yeah. best and worst ways sometimes it just depends on the situation you just gotta the most important thing is being adaptable just rolling with the punches you know what i mean having a plan is good like having a north star in a direction you want to go in is good but like if you just make it up in your mind in five years this is it that's what i'm gonna do yeah what's gonna happen in five years when it's not that just setting yourself up for so much disappointment you have to take unpredictable events into account when you're making a plan i guess is really what i'm saying you know yeah 
Yeah, if you think about it, that's like a recipe for disappointment pretty much because so many things happen in five years that you can't even control. They kind of have to just adapt and kind of like remake your whole plan that if you're thinking about like a fixed goal to achieving five years, you're always going to be pretty much always going to be disappointed or frustrated. So, yeah, I think it's a lot more realistic to think of things as like long term goals and like short term Mm -hmm. goals, but not exactly defining a date or a period to achieve them, you know. But yeah, for me, it's pretty much the same thing. Like I wouldn't, I kind of had an idea that at this point, I'd be in Sao Paulo. It was my go to live alone. But when I think about how the whole process happened, it is nothing like I imagined. Like maybe the end product is the same, but like how I thought it would turn out, like it's completely different. Yeah. Do Do you get the same? Like, some of the end products are the same, but like the 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 trajectory was like completely different than you thought. Yeah, definitely, man. I think that's a much better way of saying it. Is you, of course, you can say in five years, I'm going to do this and do that, and you can hit that goal. But expecting it to happen exactly the way you laid it out in your brain is unrealistic. It's yeah. not. And, and sometimes that's a good thing, right? Like maybe you do hit your goal, but it's in a way that was much better than you ever expected or you exceeded your goal. That definitely happens too. But I think, yeah, that's the right way of describing it is like you can hit your goals, but just understand it almost never happens exactly the way you thought it was. And most likely not in the time frame that you thought it was. I think a lot of times, at least me, when I used to think back and like try to set these big goals for myself, because I'm ambitious. I believe in myself. I know I can do whatever I want. So I'm setting these do this and this and this by this time and it's just you're picking random numbers out of your head just because it sounds good in five years i'm gonna do this in 10 years that but where did that number even come from you don't even know half the time why you chose that time frame specifically instead of just i'm gonna do this and that's it it just happens when it happens of course it's on a case-by-case basis but i just remember setting big goals for myself and really having no fucking what it even meant to say i'm gonna do this in five years but you know you couldn't i couldn't even tell you how i just said i'm gonna do it i'm just gonna fucking do it (laughs) yeah i'm gonna do it and then just setting yourself up for disappointment in the end you know absolutely yeah man i wonder how much of that pressure or those numbers and plans are like implied by either society or your family the people around you because Mm. we have that pattern of like what most people expect to do which is like by 22 or early 20s let's say you're graduated from college and then by 30 you have a family and then by 40 you're like rich or something and who says that is like what it's meant to be or that's the trajectory that everyone should follow Mm -hmm. i think the timing is different for everybody i think the lifestyle is different for everybody as well so i guess there's a lot of times that i found myself making those plans to reach a certain goal in a certain time just because of like what other people are expecting of me either my Mm -hmm. family my friends or 
how much status I'm going to have in society or something. Is that something that you learn to let go of or you feel like that still impacts on like the way you plan or imagine you're reaching your goals in your mind? Nah, it's funny you said that because recently that's something that that um, has been a major change in a positive way. Going back to what you said, which is like when you're at least when I was younger, just picking these goals and these ambitions based off of what I thought was just the normal thing. I remember we I was probably 23 or 24 and we were talking in a conversation just like this. I remember what the conversation was, but I said something, I'm going to be a millionaire by 35. That's real estate and this and blah, blah, blah. Looking back, it's like, what the fuck? I mean, that's great. You got a goal. You're ambitious. Yeah. Amazing. But it's such an arbitrary number. I don't even know why I chose that number in terms of age or money. You know what I mean? It's just because it sounds good, right? Millionaire sounds good. 35 is relatively young. I'm going to retire early. That's cool. Bye. Because that's what I was seeing on the internet. People were investing in real estate and having all this success and stuff, and I want that. But when you really stop and think about it, I don't need a million dollars a year to live the life I actually want to live. And I think that's one thing I learned from living alone, just having time to think. I mean, really think, what do I want in this life? And then also actually going out and trying to achieve things in life teaches you a lot about what you really want or what you don't want or what you're willing to do to get what you want. And after those experiences, I just had to stop and be like, hold up, hold up. What is it that I actually want? What what am I it's cool to put in effort and go hard and grind and be ambitious, but like if you're misdirecting or investing in the wrong things, it doesn't mean it's it's gonna end the same way. It's just disappointment. Yeah. So I think it's really important to like figure out. And you can, there's no secret or hack to do this. You really just have to like live life, gain experience, and then reflect on experience to figure out do I really my life what do i want to spend my time doing regardless of what anybody's going to think about it regardless of how much i'm going to get paid to do it what i really want to do how much money do i really need to live a great life for 99 of people it's not a million dollars it's not even close to a million dollars you know what i mean so once you like live a little bit and you come to those realizations you're like man first of all nobody knows what the fuck they're doing second of all even if they did, it has nothing to do with me. I'm the only one that has to live my life. Why would I give a fuck about what somebody else thinks about my life, man? I just need to do yeah. what I want to do. Do stuff that when I wake up in the morning, I'm happy to do it. I look at myself and I'm like, fucking G. You're grinding. You get to do what you want to do, living your purpose. It's yours. You get to decide what it is. I think a lot of people aren't told that. I wasn't. I was told, like you just said, go to school, get a job, be secure. Meet a woman, get married, have kids, buy a house, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to fucking do that. At least not in that way, not the traditional way. And when you said that, it made me think of, um, I was listening to the Joe Rogan experience and he was like, man, a lot of people still have that mentality and they don't even realize it came from a time when people only lived to like 50 or 60 years old. The life expectancy was so much lower. So you had to get all that shit in by 50 or 60. You had to. You're going to be dead in a few years, but we're living to like 80, 90, 100. You have a lot more time experiment, play around with things. So it's just like, I think the key is really just take these self-imposed 
pressures and expectations off of yourself and realize, bro, nobody gives a fuck what you do with your life. You could be a Nobel Peace Prize winner and people are still going to talk shit. You could give away all your money and people are going to talk shit. You could be a fucking saint. So that should tell you everything you need to know about how much you should actually value a bunch of strangers' opinions or even your family, even your friends. Who gives a fuck what they think, bro? You just have to sit down and figure out what do I want to do and then go do that. You know, but it takes confidence, I think. It takes self-knowledge. You have to be really sure I'm with me and I'm going to take care of me and I'm going to do what's best for me because this is my life. I only got one. Yeah, I need to live it for me. You got to get there first be able to be like, you know what, mom? Fuck you. I'm not going to do what you want me to do. You know what, dad? Fuck you. I don't want to do that shit. I'm going to do what I want to do. And a lot of people can't do that because they respect their parents so much or they're afraid of what their friends are going to say they're afraid of what the internet's going to say they're afraid of looking dumb failing fear of failure is a big one because you may know exactly what you want to do but failing in public for some people is just unacceptable there's a lot that goes into it obviously i'm rambling at this point but i mean it's really important bro to really understand that a lot of stuff you think you want is just because other people want that shit you don't even really want it Never stop to think about that. You know what I mean? Oh, man. Yeah, man. I can definitely relate to that. I feel like... I mean, do you feel like... It's harder to... Detach yourself from that where... Or when... That expectation is, like, coming from your parents, for example. Mm -hmm. Because for me, it's like... I kind of learn how to say, like... Fuck it, like... I don't care what you think, but it hits me different when, like, it's coming from my parents, you know, like, mm. I kind of have more difficult to just be like, I don't care what you think, because it's coming from my dad, and it's like, something I experienced recently is, uh, not recently, but when I was in college, for example, there was a time in college where I kind of wanted to drop out, like, I was really unhappy with course and how things were going and the professors i was just really tired of everything and i wanted to drop out and do something else in my life and i remember like the only thing that kept me going was the thought of like coming to my dad and being like yeah i'm giving up like all of the other people like friends like everybody else i was like fuck it i don't care i know what i'm doing my dad like looking in his eyes and knowing that his is appointed like that would really hit me like it would mm-hmm. that's really pretty much what kept me going to college really and yeah. I actually I don't know if I can say it that way but I owe him the fact that I graduated because yeah. if it wasn't for him like if it wasn't for the fact that I knew that I was going to disappoint him like I would have dropped out probably like less than a year in so it makes me wonder like there's levels to that like saying fuck it i don't care like there's levels to that depending on where the expectation comes from um do you feel the same like with your dad or your mom like your family (laughs) in general nah i mean my situation is a little more unique just because like just because of the way my we can't even, I mean, the way my family is, for lack of a more descriptive way of saying it. Yeah, just the way we are and, like, our relationship and everything. When I was younger, yeah, when I was maybe 10, 11, ah, probably up until 
When was it? To be honest, I don't know. When I, I was young, though, like 13, 14 years old, I just, you know, the only reason I cared was just I just didn't want to get in trouble when I was a kid. Oh. So, of course, you care what your parents think and, you know, stuff like that. But as an adult, 18, 19, 20 and above, I could give two shits, bro. I don't <laughs> care. Okay. <laughs> like, because I realized from a young age, bro, like, I mean, this is my life, bro. Mine. I'm going to do what I want with my life. You know what I mean? And obviously, it's not, It's. I think there's a difference between that and just saying, ah, oh, fuck you, mom. Fuck you, dad. Fuck you. There's a difference between those two things. I'm just saying, like, I mean, I love you. I appreciate your opinion. And I understand you want what's best for me. But the reality is sometimes you don't know what's best for me because you don't know me like I know me. And maybe there's certain things about me that you know that I don't, which is why we can talk and you can maybe show me your perspective and I can learn more about myself. But at the end of the day, the decision is mine. I'm going to do what I want with my life. So I remember when I dropped out of college, I um, <laughs> called my dad and let him know. And to be honest, I really didn't care what he had to say about it. But luckily he was like, positive about the whole thing he was just like basically man if this isn't what you want to do then don't do it you know just what he cared more about was like okay what are you going to do now if you're not going to do this just what's next i don't want to see you on the street i don't want to see you just doing nothing i'm curious to know what's your plan i think that was one thing that was um beneficial about our relationship is for him it was never like you have to do these things i'm expecting you to this this and that it was more like man I just want what's best for you. So whatever you say you want to do, I'm going to try my best to support you in that. You know? So I think I got lucky in that way. But even if he would have been upset, still fucking dropping out. <laughs> it's, it's just, it is what it is, man. I mean, you can be mad about it. I'm sure you'll get over it. And even if you don't, you're never going to have to live my life for me. So it doesn't make sense for me to make choices about my life just to please you. It doesn't make sense. You would never do that under any other circumstances, but because you respect your parents, you're willing to just do whatever they want. When most of the time, it's probably not something a lot of people might want to hear. They probably don't think about their parents in this way, but some parents are just fucking toxic, bro. They want Absolutely. to control you. They want, they love the fact that you look up to them as if they're superior and you come to them for advice and you look at them as they've got it all figured out. Some people love that and they use that to their advantage to control the way you live your life. It's not because they want what's best for you. It's because they enjoy that feeling of having power over someone, influence, you know, and like feeling superior to somebody who's clearly lost and insecure. Some people love that shit. Sometimes yeah. you call them mom and dad, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, definitely. I was, I was thinking about it the other day, how there's a lot of toxic relationships within families like yeah, those are the most toxic relationships sometimes <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's like it's crazy to imagine that because you would think that you have toxic relationships or toxic situations outside and then you come to your family for security or for love and right. for just escaping that but um I never, I never had this situation in my house or in my family, but I have observed a lot of people that even denied that, like, oh, it's not toxic, it's just my parents, you know? Yeah. And, like, they can see that there can be toxicity. Is that a word? T 
toxicity. Yeah, toxicity in like within your family. Like your parents, your parents are still individuals, and most of the time, they don't want you doing bad. But in trying to do you good, they might actually be detrimental. And I think most parents will never accept that. And that's the most difficult part, I feel like, because it's hard to have that conversation with, like, your parents, like, hey, you guys are being toxic. Like, imagine saying that to your parents and how that would come across. (laughs) That sounds weird, yeah. Yeah. It's true, man. It really is for a lot of people, parents specifically, right? Like, it's really hard for them to sit down and just be like, listen, man, not only is this my life and I'm going to do what I want with it, but imagine having to like sit down and look your parents in the face, people that raised you, changed your diapers, fed you, bought your clothes, were there for your football games and everything. Yeah. And now you're 26 and you've come to the realization you're certain. I don't want this fucking person in my life. Every time I talk to them, it's some negativity. Every time I share good news, they want to point out the bad. They want to bring me down. There's never any joy that comes from our interactions. This is mom this is dad like imagine sitting down face to face and being like look i don't want to fucking talk to you no more bro if i have kids one day i don't even want you to meet them for a lot of people they could never even fathom saying those words to mom and dad you know what i mean so i think a lot of people find themselves in this like emotional prison where they're just living their lives it happens all we hear about that all the time people who will go and get their phd in a career as a medical doctor and all these things and then you talk to them and it's like i don't want to be doing this shit i just did it because my parents were expecting me to i didn't want to disappoint them and now i'm in this life i'm just trapped and i don't really know what to do they're still alive we still talk and you could be talking to somebody and they'll even like explain in detail why they know they need to at least but you don't have to cut them off but put boundaries up you're an adult now. Yeah. Let's put some boundaries up. And they know they need to do it. They know how they would do it, but they just emotionally just can't bring themselves to do it. And I view that as a real problem, man. Just not even just your parents, but relationships in general. You find yourself having to censor yourself in a relationship. That's a clear indication. It's not a safe place to be. It's not a healthy environment. You need to get the fuck out of there or figure out how to foster some health inside of that environment. But most of the time, unfortunately, the best thing you can do is just remove yourself because you have no control over what the other person is going to do or say or think or believe. So it's hard for people to say accept, but you don't choose your family, bro. Yeah. You don't choose mom and dad or sister and brother or cousins. And sometimes you just got dealt a bad hand, right? Yeah. Sometimes you just got an unlucky draw, bro. And you just need to go find some better people so that you can live a better life for yourself because we say life is short a lot but life is long 60 70 80 years when everyone around you is just fucking toxic they don't benefit you in any way that's not a good life bro just not yeah you just gotta make a choice at some point man that's crazy and it's crazy how those expectations can lead you to so many situations that you wouldn't want to be and you kind of have to you said it perfectly like they're not gonna live your life and i remember like when i graduated college i remember my dad coming to me and like he was like crying and he was like man it was my dream to see my son graduate and it was like it's good that it turned out to be a good thing for me and 
I kind of made him proud. And at the same time, at the end of the day, it, it was the right decision to continue. But I wonder what if that was like making me feel miserable right now. And it's like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of made my dad's dream come true, but like my own dream is like so, so far away. I'm like miserable. Yeah. Imagine like being in that situation where like you're making other people happy, like your parents, but you're not, you know, that's gotta be like, and then from your parents' perspective, like you're happy as well. Like you're hmm. doing good. Yeah. They'll, they'll never know like what's actually going through your mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point is um, from their perspective, sometimes because you're not vocal about what it is you think or feel, they assume you're doing great, making great money and you has got a good career and blah, blah, blah. I just I really see that as a problem man. It's, um, for a long. I don't know when it started or how. Maybe it's just always been this way. But um, my generation in particular and the one coming after. Parents and kids aren't fucking talking to each other, bro. That's like some serious shit when you really stop and think about what that means every day you're at home to people you don't talk to your family. <laughs> like, that's some serious shit. And I, I just think um, it causes a lot of problems and misunderstandings. And parents are walking around thinking they're hot shit just because their kids don't mention the problems that they have. They think everything's great. And parents walk around um, thinking that they know who their kids are. And they really just have no fucking clue. And really, if they could see it from a third-person perspective, they'd probably be embarrassed that they've created environments in which their fucking children don't feel safe talking to them or being themselves around them. That's a real problem, bro. From age like three to seven, that's when, I don't, I'm not a fucking psychologist, but from what I understand, these are crucial years. You're developing your personality, your attachment style to other people and all these things. And if your parents weren't really prepared for the job, you might just be fucked the rest of your life mentally. And whatever's going on mentally manifests itself here in reality. So, bro, it's 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 serious, bro. We were talking about communication earlier. This is just another example. Communication is everything. And I think if you don't have a healthy, I don't really like to use the word safe, but healthy environment just to express yourself openly, the fear of being judged or chastised or like torn down for whatever it is you think or, or whatever you feel sometimes. Yeah. It's not even what you said. You're just telling somebody how you feel and that's a problem sometimes. That's not – how is that sustainable? In the house, in your romantic relationships with your friends and society at large, how is that sustainable? Yeah. It's not. And we're seeing that play out right now every day on the internet, the way people communicate and interface and the way person-to-person interactions have changed a little bit since the explosion of social media and stuff like that we're not fucking talking to each other bruh it's a problem yeah i don't know what do you think man i definitely agree man absolutely and i think it's it's crazy to me what you said about like how much of that like that environment growing up or it's your relationship with your parents and family. How much of that can impact on like your adulthood as well and just life going forward? Because like when you stop to think about like one of the first questions that 
a psychologist will ask you hmm. and like a therapist or something like how is your childhood or how is your upbringing thing like and things like that and it's crazy how your parents would always like kind of like justify the fact that oh i just wanted the best for you but a lot of parents like you said it perfectly you don't know what's best for me you know yeah. uh but man i think we can wrap this up it's Bro, it's been like three hours or something. Has it? Man, I need to... 10 p.m. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's like midnight where you at, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's why I love these conversations, man. Like, I don't even great, see man. time passing, man. It's yeah. great. It's great. Yeah, man, we can do this again uh, next week if you want. Same time as always. But um, yeah, I don't... Uh, hopefully, the recording is good. I guess we'll find out in uh, a few minutes. I'll let you know about that. But yeah, great talking to you, man. Great to have you back on the pod. Man, it's such a pleasure, bro. And man, it yeah. was a, it was a it was a surprise to me when you said that a lot of people that listened to the show back then, like on the first episode, like kind of remember me and were like, "Man, uh, what's the episode and stuff?" Like, I would never imagine that. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think um, even back then, your ability to communicate in English was a lot better than you thought it was. Oh yeah. So when people hear you, and then they discover like this kid's from a tiny city in Brazil. How the fuck? Even other Brazilians, right? I mean, they're from the same country. They understand the culture. Yeah. The infrastructure is the same. They're like, this kid didn't grow up rich. He didn't go to private schools. Nothing seems to be too special. Like, how in the fuck did this kid, for the last I don't know how many hours, two hours or something like that? How the fuck is he doing that? Just talking yeah. to this dude in english bro because for a lot of people they still don't understand the simple methodology which is live your life in that language yeah. you will learn that language it's just that's the way it is a lot of people still don't think about it that way so when somebody like you comes along man it sticks in the brain for sure yeah man absolutely man it is also crazy to think that at that time when i saw myself in like following five years i was like man mm, i'm gonna yeah. be like a native i'm gonna be like i'm gonna sound like a fucking american mm. man and nowadays i'm like man <laughs> it's just as bad as i mean i made some progress but i'm like it's nowhere where like i thought it would be like it's just a yeah. constant learning experience and you're like exactly. you're constantly learning yeah exactly yeah it's along the way somewhere you just realize like oh this shit never ends you it know? never ends, yeah. As soon as I stop doing it, it just goes to shit. And I have to like build it back up again. You know what I mean? It's just it's a lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. Like the end goal will always to be like to be able to sound like you speaking Portuguese. Like to me that's like the dream. <laughs> when I get to that point, I'm gonna be like, Yeah, I I did it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. In fucking it's funny you said that. Like it's been I think the time I spoke to you a couple weeks ago was like the first time I had held a conversation over an hour in like months, bro. Months and months and months. Yeah, man. So going from every single day to like pretty much never, you really feel the difference. But um yeah, we back, baby. We We're back. back for sure. Yeah. Also, I don't know when you're gonna start, but um I'm very excited for you to start podcast and we also talked a little bit about maybe doing something unique actually not going to share that yet we'll figure out the details and then bring it to the people man yeah that. yeah it's coming it's yeah. coming soon right coming soon coming soon coming soon yeah absolutely yeah. anyway man let me go ahead and um stop the recording we'll talk to y'all later
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.